Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast. One-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio. Also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Get me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, folks, the Maple Leafs falling in this one, 3-0 to the Calgary Flames. How are we feeling? How are we feeling, Leafs Nation? Falling to 14-4-2 on the year. Uh, Austin Matthews' goal-scoring streak gets snapped. His point-scoring streak gets snapped because they just couldn't beat a man named Dave Big save, Dave. And I'm not talking about Dave Ayers because it is also the one-year anniversary of the Dave Ayers game. And for a second straight year, February 22nd becomes a night where the Leafs can't beat a man named Dave. Uh, (laughs) But in all seriousness, tonight was a weird one, Like right from morning skate. Like we found out that Hyman, Thornton, and Muzzin were all going to miss tonight's game. And then about a half hour before puck drop, we got word that Markstrom was going to miss. And then about five minutes later, Freddie is announced that he's sitting out with an injury. Both are going to be day-to-day. I'll discuss what this means for Toronto later on in the podcast. But as for tonight, you know, because of that random injury, it it became a battle of the backup goaltenders with with. Dave Riddick versus Michael Hutchinson. Not something that I certainly didn't expect when I woke up to see this morning. I thought we were going to see Mark Sherman Anderson uh, duel it out, but we got to see big save Dave and Michael Clutchinson. Am I right? But uh, it, it was an interesting, interesting night. And and 3 nothing. I wouldn't say is very indicative of how the, the night went. I mean, the Leafs weren't awful. Like, this wasn't a terrible game, but it was very low event. It was quite boring to be quite honest with you um and i think that this happens a lot when you see teams who have to put in a a goaltender who kind of gets thrust in there you see teams kind of playing a little bit more reserved a little more defensive and they they try and give their goaltender a little more help in their own end and i think because of that it ends up sacrificing some of the pizzazz and some of the offense and that's really what i think we saw here tonight early on in the game it just seemed like uh they're playing a little bit more reserved and at the end of the day they weren't able to muster up much i think you look at dave riddick also extre- first of all he played well i'm not going to say he didn't you know he he had uh, you know, a couple of real nice saves, reaching back, robbing Tavares with a the paddle there in the first. Um, you know, a couple of real nice saves. But he also got some really good bounces tonight. I think that was something that I really took out of it. The Leafs weren't terrible, right? They just had, like, they had a lot of chances tonight. Just got some bad bounces. And the luck was totally on the other side of the ice. Because even you look at the goals that Calgary scored, a lot of them came off of redirects, tips, you know, um, bad rebounds and just poking at pucks right at the side of the goal. And, you know, like it, it, it wasn't very high events. These weren't nice plays. Like there, there just wasn't many wow plays on either side. 
it was a gong show, quite frankly. It, it almost kind of kind of looked like a bit of a preseason game and a preseason roster, to be honest with you. Like the, the way that it started up with all these injuries, uh, Barabanov moved into a top six role. Didn't look that bad, to be quite honest with you, actually. I thought it was one of his better games that I've seen him play since coming to the NHL, played with uh, Nylander and Kerfoot a little bit. But, you know, John Tavares moving up to the top line, Dermott taking over uh, second-pairing duties next to Hall. Uh, Patan was back into the lineup. Letnin and, and Bogosian were a pairing. Um, it was just, it really did kind of look like a preseason roster. Uh, Hutchinson in that as well. Uh, so, you know, you could tell that, Early on, there wasn't much life from Toronto for whatever reason. I Maybe it was because Hutchinson was in net, so they're playing a little bit more reserved. But, uh, yeah, not, not 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 a great game in general. Like, <laughs> I saw somebody tweet. I, I don't remember who it was, but they were like, why can't we choose the games that want to be blacked out? Because if we could, this would be one of them. <laughs> like, you get some games that aren't televised locally that you can't get on NHL. And they're blacked out, but they're amazing, like 6-5 or 7-4, big high-scoring games, lots of drama, lots of big plays. It gets blacked out, you can't watch it. And then games like this, it it really doesn't matter. You could have turned the TV off before the game started, and it wouldn't have mattered. You didn't miss much. But, you know, I, I would say the biggest difference between the two sides tonight was definitely special teams. Um, I'll get through, you know, my my three stars of the game, but at the end of the day, special teams was the big difference. You know, Dave Reddick also in goal making, you know, some good stops, but the Leafs go 0 for 7 on the power play. 0 for 7 on the power play. That can't happen. You get seven opportunities, you got to bury at least once, if not twice. And on the opposite end, they gave up two power play goals on five chances. So you go... Three for five on the penalty kill and 0 for seven on the power play. You're not going to win many games that way. And that's what happened tonight. They weren't able to to, to generate too much. Um, you know, with all those injuries and the lines being shuffled up, not much chemistry. It was just, uh, it, it was a weird game at the end of the day. Just a super weird game. Uh, I guess I'll... Quickly go over the three stars. I'll do the three stars, and then I'll come back and and discuss some other things. We're also going to do some mailbag uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, I've gotten a couple of people reaching out to me. They're like, hey, when are you going to do that mailbag that you asked for questions for a couple of weeks ago? Today. I'm going to do some of it it today and get to some of those questions for you. But before I do, uh, let me take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'll do my three stars. I'll discuss what might be going forward with the Leafs goaltending situation. It's not looking great, uh, but I will get into more detail in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's betonline.ag. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. 
Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano still with you. And uh, so the Maple Leafs falling 3-0, getting blanked by the Calgary Flames. And Calgary was coming in, like, not playing well at all. They had lost uh, three in a row, just got spanked and absolutely embarrassed by Edmonton the other night. 7-1, just a, a thumping at the hands of the Oilers. So they were coming in. Not on a high. <laughs> Not on a high. And it was kind of a trap game right from the start. I got to be honest with you. It really did kind of feel like it, especially when we saw all those injuries come in. And uh, ultimately, the Flames took it 3 to nothing. Um, and so when it comes to the three stars of the game... You're not going to see any Maple Leafs here on my three stars. Uh, We've got three Calgary Flames, actually, and I don't do that too often, but I felt like uh, today... Today warranted it. Not that the Leafs played bad, but, like, no one played exceptionally. I, I Like, to, to be quite honest with you, like, Matthews, I guess, played well, but he wasn't as dominant as we have seen. Maybe that's just uh, because I expect so much of him from now on that his B-level game is still probably better than most people's A-level game. But he just didn't bring it tonight like he usually does, uh, you know, whether it was tired or, you know, the mental capable like the mental processing of tonight's game, all the injuries, all the, the different lineup combinations. And I don't know, for whatever reason, it just seemed like a lot of players uh, didn't have that juice tonight. Um, so the only guy who I wanted to give a shout out and an honorable mention to in my three star segment is actually Michael Hutchinson. Um, made 31 out of 34 stops. He gave the Leafs a chance to win this game. He really did. Like, the the goals that, you know, they did score against him were off a couple of bounces, some tips, and, and just, you know, garbage. Picking up the garbage off of a rebound and, and having it go right into the back of the net. But all things considered, I really thought he actually looked decent tonight. Respectable. Looked like an NHL goaltender. Um, which this is now two straight games where, you know, both games he started this year, I would say that. So I I did want to give him an honorable mention here, kind of my 3B star of the game. But my third star is actually going to be Matt Kachuk. Uh, You know, scored his first goal in 10 games, finished the night with two points. Uh, He's always going to be a pest. Um, He was playing hard, and I think he was looking for revenge on the Maple Leafs. If you recall, the puck flip at the end of the game last time they played, Jake Muzzin flipping it at Makachuk, and he went berserk. And that was kind of the start of when Calgary started to kind of flail a little bit and and where their downward spiral began. You know, Kachuk hadn't been playing well since then. And tonight gets himself on the board, has two points. It's too bad Muzzin wasn't out there because I I almost feel like they would have dropped the mitts for sure. Like that would have been something that could have sparked uh, this game a little bit because, like, it's not much life. 
And I feel like that could have given it some life. A nice Muzzin versus Kachuk tussle. Uh, but we'll we'll see. I, I, we did see Muzzin fight his brother Brady, but you know, I think Matt's uh, Matt, Matt's someone who likes to fight his own battles as well. We'll have to see. They do play again later on in the season a couple more times. I would be shocked if we don't get to see that fight by the end of the season. Uh, okay, second star of the game. I got to go with Calgary special teams, right? Two for five on the power play, seven for seven on the penalty kill. Yeah, Toronto had some good looks on their man advantages, but at the end of the day, didn't score, didn't put the puck in the net, and special teams was the difference. Calgary scored two goals on their man advantage, and Toronto goes 0 for 7 when given the opportunity on the man advantage, And, and that was the big difference. Outside of my number one star, which was Big Save Dave, who was, I guess you got to give uh, the biggest difference to, stopped all 34 of his shots. Good when he had to be, got some luck, but ultimately uh, blanked the NHL's best offense. So to me, no doubt that Big Save Dave uh, has earned the number one star of this game as he shuts out the Toronto Maple Leafs 3 to nothing, And they're firing on all cylinders coming into tonight, right? You got Austin Matthews, who's got 18 goals on the year and, and you know, operating at a goal-per-game pace. And he coming off of back-to-back games where he'd scored four points and eight or uh, uh, two goals in each of those games. And I wasn't able to get anything today. So those are my three stars, plus giving Michael Hutchinson a little bit of love and uh, I wanted to give him some love because I do want to have this conversation as well about Freddie Anderson. Uh, so about 30 minutes before the game is when we found out that Anderson was going to not be in the lineup and he was dealing with a lower body injury and that Hutchinson was getting the start. I don't know how uh, how significant this injury is, but post-game, when asked about it, it seemed like Sheldon Keefe, uh, he didn't give it a big vote of confidence that he was going to be okay. He, he just said, day-to-day, that's all I can give you right now. We'll see what that ends up meaning. Uh, I'm not sure. But what I don't like is the fact that now, you know, <laughs> you look at the beginning of the year. Aaron Dell was the number three. He gets claimed off waivers. Okay, that's fine. So now Hutchinson becomes your number three. Jack Campbell goes down. Oh, crap. Now you got Hutchinson as your number two. But that's okay because we don't have many back-to-backs, and Freddie's playing pretty well right now. He can shoulder the load. Well, now Freddie's out, and all of a sudden, Michael Hutchinson went from being this team's number four goaltender to potentially their number one goalie for a little bit. And I don't know how this is going to work out. Like I said, they've they've played rather well the two games uh, since you know putting him in net. You know, that win against Ottawa and then this this loss here against Calgary. But those aren't quite the cream of the crop when it comes to this division. Like I said, Calgary coming in, they've lost three in a row, really spiraling. Um, they weren't playing good hockey coming into tonight, and the three goals that they scored were kind of garbage goals, right? Like, they just got some really good, lucky bounces. So he's played rather well the last couple of games. But how is this going to work out when... They go on throughout the rest of the season. Like, who do they play? Who are the, who's coming up? I'm pretty sure they play Calgary again on Wednesday. So we'll see what happens with Calgary on Wednesday when they play them. 
Uh, and, and we'll see who ends up getting the net. I assume Riddick will probably start again for the Flames. But if we got to start Hotchin back-to-back games, we'll see what happens, man. I I, <laughs> I don't know. A spot start here and there. I guess I can get away with it. But this team plays different when Hutchinson is in net. We saw that tonight. There wasn't as much oomph. And, and it could be that they're sacrificing a little bit of offense to hang back and play tighter defense, right? And we've seen that a lot with the Maple Leafs this season. They're buying in too much more 200-foot game, which is what we want. But perhaps we, you know, it goes a little overboard when the backup's in. Just because they want to play well in front of him and give him the best chance to succeed. And that could be what we saw here tonight. In the loss. Uh, but we'll see what ends up happening uh, long-term with Freddie Anderson. Hopefully, it's not a long-term injury, and it's just going to be a couple of days. Just a maintenance day here and there, and then maybe he'll be good to go for Wednesday uh, when they do take on the Flames once again. But we'll see. Uh, I'll certainly keep you up to date with that as we progress throughout the week. Uh, but let's take one more quick break, and then we'll get to the mailbag when we get back here on the Locked On Lease podcast. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you, these bars are healthy. They're delicious. They're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. And you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program here, I asked for some questions uh, recently for a mailbag that I was going to host, and today's the day that we answer some of those cues. So, um, you know, for some of you who reached out on Twitter asking some questions, replying to this tweet, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm going to try and get to uh, as much as I can. If not, uh, maybe later in the week I'll host another mailbag segment where I'll get to get to the remaining questions. I had some people text me as well, just some you know some friends of mine who who uh, don't go on Twitter much, but listen to the show. We're like, hey, why don't you ask this question? That's, I got a good uh, good thought about that. So you know, I, there's some questions here that I'll get to, um, but let's start with um, which one do I want to start with here? So let's start. With this one from uh, Rob. So at Maddie Rockets 3 4. So Rob says, with the American teams having lots of canceled games and possibly not being made up, do you think this allows the Canadian teams, aka the Leafs, a better shot at league trophies like the Hart, Rocket, and or Art Ross? Also, can you explain Corsi a little more as I'm still confused? Okay, so we'll attack the first part of this question. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll attack Corsi quickly first. 
basically, Corsi is uh, it's an analytical stat that adds up shots towards like shots towards the net, whether that is you know gets blocked, goes wide, hits a post. It's basically just shots that go towards the net uh, for said team, and then you go shots while while on the ice, and then shots while on the ice against, and then you kind of uh, you know subtract those from each other, and you get your percentage. So, for example, if you are uh, on the ice for seven uh, shots for seven shots attempts four and only three against your course he would be 70 percent uh i don't know if it did a great job of explaining that for you rob i i i mean that's like a very basic uh, level of explanation for you hopefully it answered the question but i'll get to the other one before uh before i start rambling so i think that that one actually is is very interesting so yeah, it's it's a good question. Like American teams uh, so far have lost out on on quite a bit. Like you look at some of the teams uh, who are currently playing in the NHL, they missed a lot. Um, I'll quickly pull up the standings here. Uh, so like Toronto's played twenty games so far, but there are some teams out here that have only played thirteen. Like. Take a look. Dallas and New Jersey have both only played 13 games. You got a bunch that have only played 15, uh, 14 games for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, you know, where you look at the Canucks, who have 22. So the Canucks have played nine more games than both the Dallas Stars and the New Jersey Devils. Uh, and now it's it's kind of getting to the point where we're seeing a lot of games get canceled. And now we're wondering, hmm, we're seeing a lot of games get canceled. But we're not, we haven't had any makeup games yet. Like none, none of these games have officially been made up. And now I'm starting to wonder when is this going to happen, uh, and is it going to happen? And Rob, you're 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 completely right. I, I do think this allows players from the Canadian teams to have a better opportunity at these league trophies because if they end up playing 56 games and then other teams only play, you know, maybe 48 or 50 and then they have to go to points percentage, I mean, yeah, that gives you a six-game buffer to try and win the heart and the rocket. I doubt we're going to see a point here where they decide the heart and rocket and Art Ross by, you know, per 60 or or, uh, per game. I, I don't know. Because if you look at last year, they didn't do it per game. Last year, they just did it overall. Now, of course, there wasn't you know like six, seven game buffers, but it, it, I, I just don't think that you're going to change how you award that trophy. So for sure, I think this gives Austin Matthews a much better shot at at winning the Rocket. Uh, this would give McDavid a much better shot at winning the Heart or uh, the the Art Ross story, and, and also the Heart because if they're scoring more and and winning more games for their team and, and you know ending the league with fifty, well probably not fifty, but you know thirty five to to forty, maybe even forty five goals in a fifty six game season. Yeah, you're gonna be up for the Heart. So I certainly think this gives them a better opportunity. Great question, Rob. Really appreciate that one. Um, there are some personal questions as well, but I want to make sure that I get to a couple of Leafs ones before I get to those. Uh, James Tubb. So at uh, James Tubb QNN asked, who was your favorite player growing up and what made you want to go into sports broadcasting? So 
my favorite player growing up. So I, I guess this depends at what age I am. I would say my first ever player who I would consider to be like my favorite would be uh, Curtis Joseph. Big Cujo fan. Loved him. Uh, but then when he left for Detroit, I was like, screw you, man. You are a traitor. <laughs> and um, I, I didn't like him anymore. So then, you know, Darcy Tucker was another guy I liked. Ty Domi. You know, a lot of those early 2000s Maple Leafs were really my guys. Um, I, I was always more of a, a grittier player. I wasn't a skill guy, so I really appreciated, you know, the defensemen or those two-way grit grinders. So those are kind of the guys who I really liked. Um, but to be honest, my favorite player of all time is is actually Roberto Luongo. Um, you know, I loved, loved Luongo. So um, yeah, I think uh, as we get into this next part of the question, what made me want to go to sports broadcasting? Honestly, just the fact that I want to sit here and talk sports for a living. I find it fun. <laughs> like, well, I, There's not much that I'd rather do. You know, when, when I was uh, growing up, that's all I ever wanted to do was sit around, watch sports, whether that's football, hockey, baseball, basketball, soccer, you name it. You know, I was watching it, and, and now I have the opportunity to sit there and, and get paid to watch it and get paid to talk about it. It's it's awesome. So, you know, why did I go into sports broadcasting? Because I love sports, man. And that's the best reason to go into it. Uh, All right. Let's see. Let's get to another question. Uh, All right. So, Matthew, at MW Bauer. So, we got one, two, three, four, five, six questions here from Matthew Bauer. Um, Hi, sir. How did Al's brother come about? Is it possible for you to put... Okay. So, uh, Al's brother was a nickname that I was given on Overdrive uh, from O-Dog because the producer who was there before the grappler was also a, a shorter, bearded, uh, chubbier fellow, such as myself. So he said that we were we look like brothers. So I became Al's brother. Uh, so that's kind of where that nickname came about. Uh, my first memory watching the Leafs, my first memory, luckily enough, was actually the, um, the O-2 run to the Eastern Conference semifinals. That was kind of the year that I really started getting into hockey. It's it's the one that I remember most. And, you know, now good buddy Jeff O'Neill at the time was a a massive enemy of mine uh, for what he did to to Toronto all those years ago. But, uh, yeah, so that was kind of my first memory of watching the Leafs, that that run. You know, Darcy Tucker, Ty Domi, Gary Roberts, McGillney, Reichel, Sundin, Cujo, of course. So, yeah, that that would be my uh, my number uh, my my first memory. Uh, how many Leafs jerseys do you own? Uh, surprisingly, I don't own many. I think I have like a blank one. Uh, I was given another one as a kid. Um, do I have any? Uh, you know, actually, I have a Wolf Paymont jersey that I won in uh, my my parents got it for me in an auction. Uh, Wolf Paymont, it came with a game use puck and a, and a jersey that was, you know, had number 99 Paymont on it with an autograph uh, on the back with a with a certificate of authenticity. So uh, that's probably the, the best one that I have. But, yeah, not not a massive jersey guy, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's it, really. Just just the one. I would, two, I guess. I have two. Uh, Who was the first least player that you met? Hmm. Good question. How many least players have I met? Not too many. 
to be honest with you. Um, Tucker. I want to say I met like Darcy Tucker when I first started working here at TSN. Uh, I saw him kind of in the in the green. No, uh, Zach Hyman actually. I saw him first. Yeah, Hyman. One of the first days I started working at TSN, he came into the studios and I was able to meet him. So I, I didn't really meet many growing up. I'm not from here. I'm from Niagara, so I wasn't really in the city all that too often. So yeah. Uh, and those are there. You go. I answered all of your questions. So thanks for that, Matt. Big long one. Uh, another question here from uh, well, this is from our good man. Brandon Cameron. And this is one that he texted in, actually. And, I mean, we probably could have just got him on to to discuss this. But it was a good question. It was... Hold on. Let me find it. Would you trade Willie for Philip Forsberg? And at first, I thought he was referring to fantasy because we go back and forth on some fantasy stuff all the time. So my... My answer was, well, it depends, you know, what categories you need. I think that Nylander is better, you know, in some categories, but Forsberg better in others, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, no, 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 like in real life. And it got me thinking. And it doesn't really have anything to do with this this trade by itself, uh, like this offer. Would I trade Nylander for Forsberg? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but it, it made me think if... I think Nylander is untouchable, and I don't think he is. You know, the other night, and Grant, he played actually pretty, played pretty well tonight coming off of a game where he was benched for the, the latter half of the third period. But I thought that was telling. The fact that they benched him and Coach Keefe said he hasn't bought in. You know, he didn't buy into the way that we were trying to play, and I think that's telling. And if that consistently ends up happening more and more as the season goes on and the Leafs, you know, like he'd be, he'd bring in a, a good return. Like he's not going to be somebody who you just give away as a cap dump. You're going to get a good return if you try and move a guy like Nylander. There's a lot of teams who would love to bring him in. So whether that means moving him to bring in a couple of pieces, maybe a, a hockey deal or a one-for-one one for another star player, or, you know, I thought about this maybe watching tonight. If if the Flames end up tinkering some things, maybe a guy like, like Goudreau could be on the, on, the, on the block. Maybe you try and come up with a package like Nylander for Goudreau and, and a first, or maybe even you add a prospect like Sandine or Lilligren to that, and you add something else on Cat. Like, I don't know. But it got me thinking that I don't think Nylander is untouchable, and if he doesn't buy into Keefe's system, and, and I know he's producing the offense. I know, I know, I know. He's got nearly a point per game, I understand. But clearly there is a vision in place by this team and based on the fact that he was sat the other night for not playing the way that they need him to play leads me to believe that there is some frustration starting to build from within. And I wouldn't be shocked if Nylander were to get dealt. Do I think it's going to happen? Do I think it's imminent? Probably not. But would it be shocked? No, I don't think I would. So that was a that was more of a conversation that stemmed from, you know, from that question, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, all right, so this one coming from Laura. 
uh, at the active stick, who actually happens to be the host over at Locked On Canadians, which makes sense why she would ask this question. And I think this this one came a week ago after uh, the Leafs made a trade for Galchenyuk. And she said, where do you put Galchenyuk when he gets called up to the big club? Uh, so, obviously, uh, Galchenyuk has not yet played a game here for Toronto since being traded, which is interesting because you look at all the injuries to this team so far, and especially right now, <laughs> and they still have opted to keep Galchenyuk uh, kind of stapled to the bench uh, on the practice squad. So that's that's really interesting, kind of telling to me that he's not ready to go yet either. But uh, when he does get called up to the big club, I don't see him playing much more than a fourth-line role, to be quite honest with you. He's not really someone I'm expecting to to roll in and, and kind of take over a top-six role. I, I just don't see it. I really don't. Um, uh, let's see. Do we have another one? Oh, here's a personal question uh, again from... Uh, Kyle, it's at Baker Moore on Twitter, and he has best spot in the falls for a brew. So, yeah, I'm from Niagara Falls. Uh, that's where I'm, uh, you know, born and raised. The best spot for a brew for me, um, Grand Central. I'm a big Grand Central guy. I know there's a lot of people that like to go to hooligans, but for me, Grand Central uh, was, you know, around uh, where I lived, and uh, that, that's, that was my spot to go for a brew. So, Grand Central, GC, Friday nights, they had live bands, you know, go there, have a couple pints, watch some live music, shoot some pool, watch the game. It's a good time, good time. Hopefully when, and this is, I miss that so much, just that coming out of my mouth, something I haven't done in a year, in a year, right? Like, we haven't been able to go to the game, like, yeah, go to the game, but also go to the bar with buddies, shoot some pool, you know, have a couple pints, watch the game. Like, it has been a long time since we've been able to do this. It really has. I miss it so much. Uh, and hopefully we can get going on this. And, you know, we got the vaccines that are rolling out now. Hopefully we can get get everything all uh up to code. Hopefully we end up getting out of red, out of gray, wherever you live within Ontario. We can open up these bars again, have some indoor dining so that we can actually get together and watch these games. I hope at least by the playoffs we uh, we see some we see some restrictions lifted and, and we can start gathering indoors in places again. I really do because, you know, going, uh, going to the bar, having a couple pints, watching the game, nothing better, nothing better. Uh, all right, I think we're going to leave that for now when it comes to uh, the mailbag. Got to most of them. A couple of those were just, you know, some personal questions. So uh, maybe we'll wait. If we get some more in over the next little bit, I'll I'll add uh, another mailbag segment in the, in the next week or so. Uh, but also keep sending in questions, guys. If you enjoyed this content, this little segment, the more questions that you ask me, and, and I, you can do it uh, at Mickey underscore Canuck on Twitter. The more questions you ask, the more mailbag segments that that I'll do at the end of the day. All right. uh